This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to The Property Show on The Morning Run. It's our weekly takes on all things property related and I'm Sim Reboot. It's the last Friday of the month and as usual, it's the Property Legal Clinic today and our guest is lawyer and author, Cairo Anwar Shaharudin. Welcome to the show, Cairo. Hope you're good. Yeah, I'm good. Good morning, Sim. So we start with our first question. Our listener, Yong Junfa, has two questions. I'll start with his first question, which is, my apartment is without a strata title. The developer has closed down and my question now is, how do I go about getting getting the strata title and is it possible to even sell the apartment without a strata title okay so the the question is about a developer which has closed down okay when when a company is closed down in malaysia let, let me explain on that part eh? the company is closed down in malaysia whatever the management and the asset of the company will be passed through an official assignee uh, office so the official assignee office is for any bankrupt person they will be managed by that particular official assigning office uh, where they will have this uh, this management team which look into any money coming in or being being used by the company so that is uh, when the developer is closed down that is what happened to them somebody is still managing it but it's not the developer itself is a is a is a body which is a, a government body which is called official assignee so they 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 will manage it so this particular apartment which uh, doesn't have a strata title uh, will uh, the 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 issuance of strata title the management of trying to get the strata title will still be going on by this particular uh, body. So uh, me as a lawyer, my legal firm will do the this thing for the purchaser. They we will be we will actually take the case and we will deal with the official assigning office to to get the strata title out. And we will do the necessary thing to to get the thing moving for them to to get the strata title. We will use the all the necessary. Uh, documents to to get the strata title out and then we will pass back to the, the there are fees that we will charge uh, to do the work and there are fees that you have to pay the official signee and to the land office to get the strata title out the whole getting the strata title will still happen and you will still have a way forward to to get it but you you have to do it through a law firm right you can't do it yourself you can, but you have to still deal with the official assignee. It will be easier if you have the... I, I wouldn't say you cannot do it yourself, but you should... Uh, the, the legal firm should be making it thing easier for you because it's a bit tricky. It's a corporate matter plus a land matter. Mm, but the, the corporate matter will be on the part where you deal with the official assignee. Okay, but what's the timeline like for these type of uh, applications? Okay, when when you do a normal uh, getting the strata title from the land office, it will take around three months or something like that. But when you deal with the official signee or receiver and manager that is appointed by the court, it may take a bit longer because they have a leeway of uh, playing with time because they are not really the developer. They are somebody who is taking over the developer's office and doing everything to manage the business of the developer so it may take a bit longer than 
what usually you you usually have to do when you uh, get strata title. Okay, what about selling an apartment without a strata title? I think Junfa wants to know about that. Uh, you still can do it. Uh, normal thing, usually without a strata title, you will use your sale and purchase agreement and then you will sell it uh, using that. Uh, because it's not really about the strata title. You still, when you buy a property, if you buy it uh, with a property without title, it, uh, we call it, uh, as, as uh, uh, lawyers, we call it a property without title. You still can sell it. You still have the documents that you file, uh, but it's based on the sale and purchase agreement that you have, and you will be uh, using it to sell the property. So it's not really a problem. It's the same thing as if you are selling a property with a title. So there's no um, legal issues. It's not. Uh, it's not that it's not allowed or anything. But does it affect the price? And well, you know, once it's being sold, will the next owner have to apply for the structure title themselves? Usually, uh, if uh, say it's a normal circumstances, uh, this issue is without a company which has closed down. It's a normal circumstances. We, if the, the strata title is already out, uh, we will uh, suggest and we will advise the client to get the strata title, but it will extend the time of the sale and purchase. So, uh, but it will be easier for you to apply the strata title and then you transfer it to the next uh, purchaser, to the next owner. Does it affect the price of the property being sold? Uh, do you, uh, are you I don't. I okay. I've I've been in the property sector for for some time. I would say it doesn't really affect the price. It still depend. It's still the the maxim of location, 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 or or the value of the property itself. It doesn't affect it because there, there's pro, there's title or no title. Mm. Uh, it is just about. It might be a pressure point for your purchaser to say that, oh, I have to bear the cost of this and that. But still, it's still about the value of the property by itself, not by the whether it does title or not. Okay, well, now we move on to our next part. Uh, so this other question from Junfa. Second question is whether we need to apply for a fire insurance policy for the apartment. I just found out from the joint management body that the apartment block consists of 820 units already covered by master fire material damage insurance. Can I claim back from my insurance company the fire policy premium which I have paid for the past 10 years? Okay, uh, this question is you You have to look at uh, you are actually... Uh, the fire insurance that you buy is not between you and the joint management body, J the JMB. Is that they, they they have to cover the it's under the law, the Housing Development Act that uh, apartment, uh, condo unit you have to buy fire uh, the fire insurance policy for the whole apartment. So you might have been paying. Uh, double insurance for your property, but uh, read back the policy whether it's for the uh, the property, uh, the things inside your property, or the 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 apartment itself. Uh, that that's one thing. The other issue is when you already paid your policy premium, you have to look at the policy. So whether you can claim it or not, it depends on your policy, not between you and the joint management body. I actually think that you can't because what you have paid is to cover the, the property itself because uh, although 
uh, I have a property which uh, but is a commercial property. It's already covered by my landlord, but I still uh, buy a fire insurance premium for the things inside my property. So it's two things. So depend on the policy and depend on the contract. I don't think you can uh, claim back the, the premium that you have paid. We're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. PFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned into The Property Show on the Morning Run. I'm Sim Weeboon. And I have here with me Cairo Anwasha Harudin, lawyer and author for the for this month's monthly property legal clinic. It takes place every last Friday of the month. Um, okay, so uh, our next question comes from Nora. And she wants to ask, what can I do about the noise levels within a condo unit? I'm having a hard time accepting the constant impact uh, floor-to-ceiling noise and reverberant sound I experience just with the way someone walks or children running or jumping in the unit above me. I'm wondering if it's a design issue with my condo and can I bring the matter up with the developer or the management? The reason I'm also bringing up this issue is that I'm not the only one in my condo that's experiencing this. Okay, this actually is a very tricky question, Sim, <laughs> because... Uh... I don't think that you can really do anything about it, uh, noise level within a condo unit, because uh, it's a thing that that not just happen in a condo unit. It can happen even if you are in a landed property. So noise level is not something we have any law uh, because uh, it's a nuisance that you might have to take because the, the, the whole thing is not from a particular unit above you or outside your door or so the only thing that you can do is actually bring it to uh, to the condo uh, management uh, committee and maybe suggest some measures which uh, they announce to the need to, to keep the level down on certain time because people may, might be working uh, in the condo. I mean, this can be, I'm not sure, maybe you have, you can have a condo uh, neighborhood Zoom meeting or you bring it to the, because uh, it might be something more like a neighborhood thing than, than just a particular unit thing. Because nuisance, you can you you have to identify which particular part of the nuisance come from. So if it's already outside the, your unit and it's not within your uh, common property or things that within uh, your control, so it might be uh, something which is outside the scope that you can... So the best way is for you to approach your management committee and management company or your JMB to try to resolve it. Let's assume that maybe uh, it has something to do with the design of the building. Uh, they somehow managed to get an expert to probably say that like the building was poorly constructed in a way where soundproofing wasn't done or the, the build of the building causes like noise to seep through. I mean, have you heard of or pardon the pun? I, or experienced I something actually like never, never have personally uh, attended to something like that. But it might be something that uh, Nora can do by bringing it uh, an expert to, to, to I mean, uh, engineer or uh, uh, need to, to see whether does a condo with it, the wall thickness or the ceiling thickness, does that affect a particular condo or the, the whole design of the condominium. But I think it will cost her quite some money. Uh, and the first thing if is within still within the one year of uh, getting the vacant position, she can bring it to the tribunal uh, and try to see whether it can be proven that 
the design of the condominium is uh, flawed, flawed in some some ways. So this situation is looking at these noises uh, within the buildings. What about noise levels outside of the condo? For example, a construction of another a building next to my condo. For example, a situation is like, you know, when I bought the condo, the real estate agent assured me that no other buildings being built around my uh, condominium that I'm planning to buy. But then when I move in, suddenly it turns out there is a construction site next to mine. And um, what can I do? Can I go back to my real estate agent? Can I do something about okay. it? Yeah. There, uh, when you bring up a real estate agent, there, there's this story, but I'm, I, I didn't get any uh, case reference of it about it, where a person sued the real estate agent because they say that they can see the view of, I think it was KLCC or Genting Highland or something from the condo that he bought. So when uh, he bought it, uh, he, he had some a building actually covered that view. So he sued and he won. Uh, that, that was what I was told, but I never get a case reference about it. So, but you are bringing an issue about a noise level. So when it's a noise level or something that is within the control of uh, our local authority, that is the first person, the first, the first uh, authority that you bring the issue to. The, because uh, for construction, as long as the construction company, the construction place has get a license to do the construction, uh, whether it's beside your condo or outside it, they are within their rights to build it. So what the real estate, the, so the, the, there's two issues there, whether the real estate the agent misrepresent or whether the construction company is doing the, the building, the constructing within their license, the, the time that they are allowed to do the construction. So say that now uh, we are under the uh, movement control order and then there's construction and you are wondering why they are doing it because you are working from home or something. So that you, you can report it to two, two people, it's KKM and actually that your local authority say you are in Kuala Lumpur, you might bring it to DBKL. I think they have a hotline to, to deal with this sort of uh, noise pollution. But for you yourself, uh, Trying to cut down me yeah, because I, I'm I'm trying to solve this problem without uh, with the the cost effect, effective way for you. So if you bring it to court or something, that it will cost you money. So uh, report it to your local authority, the one that should be issuing license for the construction company to to do the work. So see whether they are within their right to do it or not. But uh, noise pollution outside your condo is a bit tricky for you to 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 deal with. But what are the regulations um, concerning, let's say, a construction uh, noise? It, it has to be within uh, the daytime. Mm. I think there's a there's a few. I think one of our MP did bring an issue uh, somewhere in Bangsa where there's a construction being done outside uh, during night time uh, within a residential area. So uh, the company was issued a stop work order by DBKL. Uh, because they are doing it at night and they are off limit during that time. So usually if it's within, say that uh, it's daytime, they are allowed to do it. But nighttime, you, I think you have to, I don't think that there is, there, there are companies which are allowed to do construction at night. There, there are some, but not within the, uh, which is uh, within a residential area. 
Okay. Well, our last question comes from uh, Ju. Uh, it's a bit long, so Ju is giving the context of his question. This is his the situation that he's explaining. Uh, I'm in the midst of moving into a new apartment. It just finished construction. The VP was uh, given earlier this year. So given the current lockdown, a lot of things have been delayed, including renovation, defect repair, moving in furniture. And given the MCO in the past few months, my uh, my apartment facilities have also been off limits. And this includes the gym, the pool, the park, etc., etc., and, and shockingly, the common facilities have also been experiencing a surprising amount of damage, like leaking. In fact, a ceiling of one of the studios even fell down because of the heavy rain. But us residents are expected to pay the service and maintenance fees uh, next month, which I believe is ridiculous because, and this is the reason that JUS stated, um, one, we've not been able to use the common facilities due to MCO and lockdown. Two, I can't renovate or move in because of MCO and lockdown. Third, the damages to the common facilities are not yet fixed because of the MCO and lockdown. And in fact, uh, the fourth reason he gave is some of my own unit defects, which is still under DLP, has not even been attended to by the management due to the lockdown. So the question he wants to ask you, Cairo, is can I refuse to pay the service and maintenance fees because of the above points? Or is there any way I can argue with the management to delay my payment until all of the above is attended to? You know, is it possible for us residents to band together to do this? And just for another added context, we've not had our AGM yet because of the MCO and lockdown. Okay, uh, the, there is this... Uh this issue uh, when I want to tackle anything which has to do with MCO, we currently have uh, an act uh, it's called the Temporary Measures for Reducing the Impact of Coronavirus Disease Act 2020, but that was uh, an act which is enacted for 2020 so this issue that uh, the discretion by uh, the JU is a uh, is uh, for 2021 and we are waiting for this protection to to be applied to uh, either housing developers and home buyers because uh, JU seems to be somebody who is uh, uh, the current home, uh, home buyers uh, who are dealing with housing developers. Uh, housing developers still have one year to so uh, when he said when he said that uh, he has uh, just uh, got the vacant possession of the uh, property in this year, meaning maybe January 2021. He, he is not protected by this act yet. Okay, because even this act, when it come to protect buyer in 2020, it was at the end of the year. Uh, it came only at the end of the year and it was up until 31st August. But it was extended to... Uh, 31st December. So you just imagine for now we don't have a parliament. So the, the, that issue might be tackled later. So there might be a COVID-19 act to tackle this issue of uh, for now or you are not uh, the developer is protected as again LAD uh, a certain damage uh, and the, the home buyer also is protected against being penalized with interest. That's what happened uh, in this particular act before. So we, we hope it will be extended. So uh, about not paying a service charge, it became an issue, another issue altogether because there's no AGM, there's no any, and then he, he has to pay his uh, service charge next uh, month. The, the problem is without any payment of service charge, uh, there's no attendance to the damage. 
So it's become a chicken and egg story about me. When when you move in into a condo, it's something even if you are not uh, getting the serv- the right service for whatever and because of the usage, because that issue is a COVID-19 movement control order. So that issue is a, it's not really, I, I wouldn't say that it's totally a different issue, but paying the service charge and the MCO happening is things that you need to balance up. So the service charge will, will uh, you, you can band together with your other residents, but it's needed to manage the condo. So, uh, and this thing should be tackled by the tribunal of home buyer because you are still within the 12 months that you can bring the issue. But I would suggest you pay your service charge and then you claim for the service or any need through the AGM when it's called and for, to, to bring the, issue, the, the case to the home buyer tribunal when, when it's ended. So, because currently we are still within the movement control order. Keep all your receipt, keep all your, uh, what you have done with your fellow residents or by yourself and uh, settle it uh, when it's ended, when the, the 12th month of your vacant possession has, has uh, need and you bring the issue because common facility damages can also be brought under a liquidated, liquidated a certain damage because you cannot uh, enjoy the common facility that is supposed you are supposed to get. So uh, is the housing developers and uh, COVID nineteen balances that balance that you have to to do. So it's another tricky issue that is happening because of where we are now because of the COVID nineteen and uh, you are just getting your condominium. All right. Thank you very much for doing this, Cairo. That's all the time we have for this month's Monthly Property Legal Clinic. I've been speaking to lawyer and author Cairo Anwar Shaharuddin. Join us again next month as we try to shed some light on your legal conundrums. Send your questions to property at bfm.my or WhatsApp us at 018-79-8899. I'm Simu Boon signing up for The Morning Run. The 10am news bulletin is coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.